We are all natural podcasters. We use no chemicals while podcasting. Medication, location, none of that is part of the birth. It is all about you and your baby and the people. So your birth doesn't need to look like anyone else's. You should not feel the need to explain yourself to anyone. You do you. Right? Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. 100%. Hey there. You're listening to Pushing It, where we talk about all things pregnancy, birth, and life with a new baby. Because if you can't laugh without peeing yourself, you might as well laugh at yourself while doing it. I'm Elise McAllister. <laughs> and I'm Jen Laird. Jen. Hey, we're we're excited. Oh, we are so excited. We're we're bantering. We have just been bantering about all the banter. <laughs> oh, we have so much to talk about. It has been such an eventful couple of days. It has. How was your weekend? It was nothing compared to yours. You guys, it's been quite <laughs> the weekend. That belief stitches. in hey, remember, so my youngest got you stitches. can get through. She got into a bar fight. Oh, but you don't. I actually tattoo. Here's you the can best get part. through so tough stuff on your she's body. She's in kindergarten. Her name is Wilder. Nor she's in kindergarten, and she got stitches tattoo, on, you do on her eyebrow, things. like above her eyebrow. She got four. Um, so she was at a play date, and they had a whole thing with a treadmill. Something about turning it up and run faster. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah, she yeah. couldn't. <laughs> oh, yeah, that. So she's super self-conscious about other kids teasing her. Oh, um, baby. So we prepped her. And um, so to make her, like, handle it a little bit better, we yeah. taught her to say, you should see the other guy. <gasps> you didn't. We totally did. Oh, sarcasm. Are The kids at five are not getting this, are they? <laughs> We told her to tell people that she they they should see the other guy. <gasps> I yeah, love yeah. it. We told her that to tell people either that or she got into a fight with a kangaroo. Oh, I like that one. Yeah, because kids could get that type of sarcasm. Wrestled but... a kangaroo or an alligator. She should see oh. the other guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. what a sweet way to like have her be like. You empowered her with a phrase like something to like just say so it's not oh like oh i'm so sad yeah absolutely yeah so we have our uh very first set of stitches in our whole entire house so because this is a podcast having to do with a birth and uh-huh. postpartum uh-huh. we're just gonna pause here yeah the i want you to think about that first set of stitches in your house uh-huh uh-huh nice job let's all just think about that for a moment there i birthed two children mm-hmm. mm, yeah there we go um yeah sometimes you're welcome you're welcome sometimes it happens sometimes it doesn't it's a rarity but i did it yeah yep. there you go mm-hmm you gloating over there, Elise? Come yeah. on. <laughs> I know. It has nothing to do with my magical abilities. To stretch. Or anything. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, but along those lines yes. of that uh, and oversharing in some areas of my life, yep. Tell me. I was at a social event uh-huh. um, with a lot of people that I don't know, and somebody came up to me and was like, I listen to your podcast. <gasps> Which is really awesome because it's really fun to know that more than two people listen. Um, hi and hi and <laughs> hi to the third person. I now know who all three of you are. Um, yep, we see you. Thanks for listening. Also, um, hey, in Japan, thanks for listening. Oh, very sweet. I see you. Uh, and, I, and I see that person who listened to all 13 episodes last night. Hey. Good job. Um, probably wasn't overnight to you guys. Um, so... That's that's a lot of that's dedication. Yeah, somebody listened to thirteen while I slept what? last night. I know. Um, oh, I don't know if I feel sad or happy about that. I feel that. super happy. I know, but that like that's a lot. It's also of... possible that two people listened to um, six and a half episodes last night. Okay, maybe they together listened to the other one. I don't know. Whatever. Uh, whatever. We won't get into that. Okay. But so... anyway, so I was at this thing, and um, the third person came up and was like, "I listened to your show," and there was this brief moment of like. Oh, <laughs> oh, God, I share a lot of really detailed yeah. stuff on there about myself. And now this person knows. Now you know knows. about my vagina. Yeah. I mean, 
not over the weekend she didn't, but now she oh. will if she listens. <laughs> You'll know I didn't have stitches in my vagina. Hilarious. Um, right. This yeah. is one of the, uh, what? what's my, um, what's the word I'm grabbing for here? The downsides, the um, hazards. There's my word. Yes. Hazards of podcasting, right? Right, because we sit in this room and it kind of feels like we're just talking to each other. Yeah. But in reality, this could go to anywhere, like Japan. Yeah. Uh huh. True story. Yeah. Yeah. Or my kids' school. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Or people at the grocery store. Yep. Yeah. Sometimes my kid likes to point out, like on the road, like, "Hey, that person in that car could be listening." So it's always really funny to be like, "Hmm, you." could know about anything about me so speaking of vulnerability um i um had a fun weekend went um with some close friends to uh the pumpkin patch and the corn maze and um it's really fun when facebook reminds you of the pictures of over the years right where you've done this every year like it's so sweet oh they're changing and getting bigger and cute and all that stuff right so we're sitting around the fire because now all of these said children among us are in the teenage years and I forget what we were talking about and I called someone a word that I didn't (laughs) know was a bad word I just thought it was like a I mean it's not depending on how you use it right but I I there were how many letters in this word I don't know how to spell it you know I couldn't even pronounce it there are four letters in this word okay maybe yes there are four and it refers to a body part a body part yes on a woman okay there we go and I didn't know that it was... And it's not boob. I, I, I didn't know that it was referring <laughs> to a body part on a woman. I just thought In it was the like regions. a... Oh, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway... If we could talk about my vagina, we could talk about what you called somebody. Okay, but I had no idea. Oh, also, Jen said the wrong pronunciation for the word. Yeah. And then everybody on the fire was like... <gasps> And the best like, part about this is no one's going to have any idea how you actually said it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In context, it was like me being somewhat sarcastic and wanting to call someone like a, you know, like a dork. That's an okay word to use, right? For sure. Like, hey, you dork, whatever. Oh, that person's a dork. Where you're like playfully like saying... Ex- Except it was something super negative. offensive. Yes, but I had no idea. <laughs> so everybody around the fire is like, uh, and I'm like, oh, shoot, wait, uh, was that not a word I was supposed to use? So my friend that I'm sitting with, who might be the father of some of the children sitting around the fire, um, he whispers in my ear the meaning of that word. And I'm like, oh, no, no. Okay, I take it back. That's not the word I was looking for. Oh, 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 oh. Was it your own kid that you called this word? No, it was somebody else's. <laughs> um, <laughs> that makes it so much better, Jen. And then the, that led on to um, talking about, because some of them have listened to the podcast, and everyone has heard me calling you a mofo and not knowing what that meant and wanting to actually call you, just in case people haven't listened to that episode. Yeah, Jen called me a mofo, and she meant boho. Yeah, different, big difference. Yeah, totally. Boho is a style of dressing. Mofo is a word I would never use to speak to Elise because that's not very nice. I don't know. I'd be down with it. I I try to use nice words. Anyway, (laughs) so it was kind of funny how I'm kind of known by close friends as like, oh, yep, Jen just doesn't know. (laughs) And my husband's like, I love the innocence about you. Oh, I was also going to get a tattoo on my body. Should I go there and talk about what the tattoo was going to be? Hopefully it wasn't going to say Bovo? No, it wasn't. It was going to be something else. It was going to be very personal to me. And then when I shared it, with other people, they're like, you weren't going to tattoo that on Uh-oh. your body. Wait, what? You? Tell me more. Um, I didn't want to tell anybody about it because I wanted to just do it for myself of like, um, that's what my tattoos are about. Um, and my husband paid me a really great compliment. He goes, you know what? I think you're the most innocent person in the world to have tattoos because what I wanted to get tattooed on my body was you do hard things. <laughs> okay. I would not have, like, that is very deep and personal to my heart of, like, being able to symbolize 
a time in my life that has been recent and that belief in, hey, remember, you can get through tough stuff. It's true. But but you don't (laughs) tattoo, you can get through tough stuff on your body. Nor apparently should you tattoo, you do hard things. Don't, don't. (laughs) Okay, but okay, this is the funny part is I was really going to do this just as my own process. I'm actually crying. I know. I know, but like you can like for a second sit with me on that, like you know. But now I kind of wish we just saved that story for an episode called "You Do Hard Things." Yeah, well, <laughs> I don't think like that. I think, yay, empowerment! I believe you. We're in this road of life together, <laughs> and I believe in you. Yay! I don't think that other stuff. It's true, which is why this episode will be so hard for Jen. (laughs) This episode is a little hard for me. All right. This episode, guys. Well, actually, this episode was really inspired by, well, not Jen, but by a book that Jen is reading. I love this book. Okay. Truth be told, I am listening to it because I need to do stuff in my life and I don't often have- like hard hard things. Shut up. Anyway, so I need to listen We're to it. We're going to switch this uh, podcast into taking shots of pregnancy-safe drinks to every time Jen tells Elise to shut up instead of normalizing. <laughs> Apparently. <laughs> so um, I, what was I saying? Oh, so I listened to a book, Audible, on Audible, because, you know, I can't sit down and, like, read a book. Although, now I have to buy the book because I need to highlight stuff. It's true. Um, we all know that the F word is not a part of my everyday language. And when I think of the F word, I think of somebody being angry, right? Not using it as an adjective, but being like, I am mad. I am going to use the F word, right? So um, somebody recommended this book, Who's a Close Friend? And I was like, oh, huh. And then I read the bylines on it. And I'm like, oh, yeah, uh, this sounds like a good book. And then I started listening to it. And once I got past the F word, every other sentence. Wait, which book? It is called, what is it called? The life-changing art of not giving a fuck. Oh, and she even said the word. I said the F word. But the way it's written on the book is the F, you know, like... Well, just like uh, we'll have the word fuck on this episode. <gasps> anyway, um, so it's by, what's her name? Sarah Knight. And um, it was published a few years ago. So the book was really helpful to me, and I would highly recommend it to all the peoples. Um, The thing that was helpful for me is this concept of we have a budget in our lives of things we can care about, right? And so if I care about all the things, then I'm going to feel a little bit overwhelmed, right? Because I have, as a human being, limited resources for the things I can care about. Limited fucks to give. Yes. So... Those I mean, yeah. <laughs> without the F word in there, that is essentially what she's trying to say. And I think what was helpful for me is that she is using this language, but it's not in an angry, aggressive, well, who cares about relationships? But she's actually valuing relationship and knowing that we have a limited amount of of energy and love to give to things um, and people. So how do we make sure that we're budgeting that and not feeling kind of fried? Um, so that kind of got me thinking about in the birth world that we have a limited amount of bandwidth or budget to give to um, thinking about our birth and um, how is it that we hone in on how are we going to spend that budget um, of energy and not expend ourselves too mm-hmm. much. And I just want to add to that that we are going to put a link to that book in our show notes and everywhere um so check it out because we are feeling all inspired by it so um we think that not only does it apply to birth but everywhere in your life so uh while you're planning for birth definitely uh check out that book because i think it it can be a, a really helpful resource for parenthood too exactly Um, and again it's not from that angry point of view where it's like oh don't because usually when we use that phrase i don't give a f (laughs) we are um it's in an angry like flippant sort of way but this is actually looking at it 
um, not from anger, but from like, I am a limited human being. And so how do I be my best self with the limited resources that I have? And, and when I say resources, I'm talking everything from finances to time, to emotional energy, to things to care about, right? And I like the way she could see some humor in it, as well as the like really nitty gritty, serious stuff. So that's why we're going to talk about this today, about thinking about um, how much energy. Um, Elise is probably going to use the word, the F word a few times. And <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm going to use other words because um, to me, again, it connotates anger and it doesn't connotate that same thing for Elise, which yeah, is absolutely not. And it's it's a very popular word in my vocabulary and and doesn't feel that way. And yeah. Um, yeah. So our topic today is giving a fuck about what matters to you in birth. And mm-hmm. we're we're highlighting the word you because yes. everywhere you turn yes. and I turn and Jen turns in this world, there is a whole lot of information about birth. I mean... And people to compare yourself to. Oh, yeah. Always. But you can look on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter and Pinterest and the bookshelves of any store. And you look on Amazon. and I mean, you look anywhere. And TV, oh, magazines. Yeah, TV. I mean, there is birth everywhere. And the, everyone's idea about birth is splattered yep. everywhere. And you show up anywhere in public and the world sees that you're pregnant and everyone's got an opinion on it mm-hmm. and loves to share that opinion and you have limited fucks to give to yep. those opinions and those people. So let's decide what matters to you and how to yes. spend that energy. So um, how do you pick? So we're going to help you figure that out. So um our first thought is what other people give a fuck about doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important. So your birth doesn't need to look like anyone else's. Ooh. So it's interesting when we talk like this because um like we firmly believe that and we recognize that people are looking for information, right? If I am newly expecting and I'm like, oh, I've never done this before. Uh, let me figure out some resources. And usually we draw upon our family's um, experience or our birth culture in our in our life, right? Like, oh, yeah. oh, that's how my sister had a baby or that's how my best friend had a baby or that sort of thing. And then the other influences that we might have would be common, um, I don't know, whether that be social media or wherever, or maybe you just start Googling some stuff birth options or, you know, all of that. You start down a rabbit hole of like, what are my options out there? Oh, so overwhelming. Yeah. And we totally understand that you don't know all the things about birth. And so you're going to be looking for resources, right? And that really makes sense. So we're not saying don't look for your options. But what we're saying is once you have delved into those options, and there's some things that you start to tease out as like, yeah, that resonates with me. That's the thing that I'm drawn to. Then don't start second guessing yourself. Mm. Me getting all bossy. Don't. <laughs> don't, That's okay. don't start second guessing yourself when um, you s- in, in a comparison realm, right? Mm. Um, so let's give some practical examples about that. Elise, you were telling me a little bit about a time in your life when you felt that way. Oh, yeah. I mean, this isn't about birth, but it was actually about midwifery school. So um, I went to midwifery school, and I remember showing up for midwifery school, and I'm just me. I, I'm just Elise, and I've always been just Elise, but I show up. I know, what? Uh, <laughs> and I show up for midwifery school, and I had this idea in my mind that to be in the birth world and to be a birth worker, you had to look a certain way, and you might... You at home, our three listeners, might have this really clear idea of what that looks like. But for me, it meant long skirts, like flowy skirts, mm. and um, scarves. Kind of boho? Hair. 
<laughs> more boho i mean even my boho really included a lot of red lipstick right oh, okay but this midwifery look did not include red lipstick Ooh. oh god no. no lipstick no 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 oh wow no makeup at all unless it was like very natural like oh wow makeup from the earth makeup from the earth like maybe okay. a mud-based makeup yeah yeah for sure i think foundation would have been what did you mud- smell like were you patchouli all the oh, way wow. for sure I don't know. I don't, I've never owned patchouli. Okay. But Maybe I burnt incense and rubbed it in my armpits. Yeah, something like that. I okay. definitely was growing out my armpits at that moment. So you were trying to look like what you perceived the part to be. Yeah, I absolutely felt like I needed to look that way for it to be. For, for me to be that role. And I'm not, I'm and, not and, that way. And let's just clear this up here, too, is that Elise is totally owning her own experience. Oh, yeah. And we're not putting looks and smells on any group of people no. here at all. No. And that I, I know so many we're making wives fun. and doulas we're, are not that no, way we at are, all. We are totally making fun of Elise's perception here yeah. of what she should look like. Okay. And that I actually put so much value on the way that I look yeah. in midwifery school. And actually, I mean, I'm still a doula and I still wear a red lipstick and a lot of other makeup. And yeah. none of it comes from mud. None of it is mud-based. <laughs> and you barely ever wear a skirt. You're wearing one today. I'm wearing a dress, but, but we've already decided that I look more like a Disney mom yeah true like like tv disney mom yeah yeah yeah. this is not a very me outfit no but it's cute it has a very low v-neck cut to the dress that required a pin otherwise you'd get a whole whole lot lot of eyes a whole whole lot more i'd be saying hey elise put that uh scarf back on there honey um, yeah. Okay, we diverge. So you're, what you're saying here is that you thought you needed to look a certain way. And then how did that affect um, the way you were, um, I don't know, you were practicing or Oh, f- it totally got actions. in the way. Like I just had such an idea about the way that it was supposed to look and it got in the way of it. And um, and it wasn't me. So it stood in the way of of the way. Bleh, bleh, bleh. No, it's a keep going. I mean, I think the only point there is that I was just giving myself an internal pressure that didn't need to be there at all. And I think that for some people birthing, the same might be there. That a lot of people get this idea that you have to look a certain way or feel a certain way about birth to have a successful birth. And that perhaps, you know, I always go back in these shows to... Feeling like your vagina needs to be a glowing crystal, right? And I don't know why that's the image in my head or that you need to be able to squat your baby out to have a successful birth or that you need to be called into the forest or the mountains or... Or maybe not even... I mean, yes, I'm I'm hearing you and I'm like, yes, those are like these big way out there extremes that we're talking about. But I think that some people start and we, we experience this because we're actively involved in birth work um, but some people are like oh to have a successful birth it's going to look like x y or z and then we'll say well you know tease that out for me what does successful mean right and that could for some folks be internal pressure of what this experience is supposed to look like and um, I think we want to actually just name it you can birth with some fear Oh, I love that, right? You, like, my hope, right? Because I don't, fear's not fun, right? Right. So, my, unless maybe you're going into a haunted house. Um, and then you're <laughs> you're choosing. I love that kind of fear. You're actually. choosing the fear, right? But um, Scary movies. I think some folks are putting a whole lot of pressure on themselves to not, to avoid fear or any sort of negative feelings about birth. And I think what we're trying to say is, you can be um, fearful at times during birth and still have a great experience and a great outcome. Absolutely. And if you are working on diminishing that fear for your birth experience, kudos. We stand up in a pop up applaud you and we want that for you but we also don't want you to get down on yourself going ah I got some reservations about birth I'm I'm not going to do this well yep actually one of the most amazing births that I went to recently and probably will stick out for I don't know I want to say ever 
but at least for a very long time in my mind as one of my favorite births will be a birth that I went to. Um, she was feeling a lot of nerves and, and probably even a lot of fear around birth and can I do this mm-hmm. and talk to us a lot about that. And then labor started and doubted herself. And yeah. then when things really started to get moving, got into her body and owned it and had just such a powerful birth. Mm-hmm. I mean, I will never forget her birth. I will yeah. never forget it. So much strength and courage. I mean, that's what really stands out is the courage. So at least when you say that, you're not thinking about whether or not she used medication or didn't no. or where she had that baby nope. or didn't. Because that's not part of the birth. That oh my Medication, gosh. location, none of that is part of the birth. It is all about you mm. and your baby and the people. Preach it. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I was talking to somebody this week who um, started snapping. It was oh. like, given oh. the snaps when oh, you're yeah, like, yeah. yay, like you're trying to like applaud, but you're snapping. Oh, yeah, yeah. Are you giving me snaps right I'm now? giving you snaps. Because snap like, it. I love that because that is so much of the underlying message that when we hear about birth, when we hear about pregnancy, when we hear about all these different options, is that it comes down to these one-liners. And I want to say it's way more complicated and way more simple does that make sense like what you're just saying is you do you yeah you gather the information you do the thing that resonates with you and that doesn't just apply to birth but that actually applies to um all of of parenthood too right yes which really could be our like second title for today's show is you do you right totally okay i need to um talk about my pet peeve for just a second so my pet peeve is um describing uh birth as natural versus unnatural and usually when people are talking about natural versus unnatural they're talking about their desire or lack of desire for pain medication in their birth experience so my pet peeve here is that we are putting natural in today's society, usually connotates something good, right? Like Mm. we're told to eat natural foods or to use non-chemical cleaners or like even, um, I don't know, businesses are into this now. They use that buzzword natural. Our product is natural. So of course it connotates doing something better or good, right? And so I think the same thing is, is true in the birth realm where natural, a lot of people are connotating with unmedicated versus unnatural is you chose some intervention yeah. or some medication. We are all natural podcasters. We use no chemicals while podcasting. Well, probably not. I, don't I know. know. It's pretty Whatever. easy to yeah. naturally Anyway, pod. I want to challenge that birth is natural because naturally you have grown a baby for X amount of months, typically around nine months, and then naturally that baby is going to come out of your body and into your arms. Yes. So natural does not mean that you didn't use any interventions or medication. So I know I'm picking on some like words here. I totally get that. But no, um, I think that there we're using those words to sort of create a divide because women like to divide themselves yeah. up and make others feel worse and some feel better. And that's bullshit. Yeah. And I don't like it. And I'm going to swear a lot now, Jed, because I don't like women making other women feel bad about themselves. And that's what happens. And we use birth to do that to other women. You know what? If you wanted a birth a certain way and you got to birth the way that you wanted a birth, awesome. Good for you. You get to own that. But if you, other person, got to birth the way that you wanted a birth and that was totally different, that's fine too. Mm. And if Sally down the road didn't get to birth the way that she wanted to birth, that is does not make her Absolutely. less of a mother yes. or less of a person. Or less of a hardworking, intentional, all the words that we want to use In around that. In fact, there's a really good chance that she worked way harder than I did in my birth. Because I'll tell you something, that there are people who have really 
really long early labors. Oh, yeah. And then they have really long active labors. And then they push for a really long time. And then at the end of those really long labors, they have cesareans. And somebody says, what kind of birth did you have? And then they say, I had a C-section. And somebody might say, oh. I had a natural birth, and it just sucks the power out of their birth. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah. So we're not picking on the— Oh, I just got on my soapbox. I know you did. I'm going to step off. Sorry, 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 Jack. Sorry. So we're not picking on the people who use this word natural at all. I think what we're trying to do is um, see it a little differently and how um, there could be ways that we describe our births that might um, polarize—ooh, big word— polarize— and invalidate people's experiences. Let's stop using birth to divide people into little groups and boxes. Ooh, at least we're getting really off of our... our we're getting uh, really off and really... But I think it's okay. I think so too, because okay. let's stop using birth to divide people. Yeah. Let's let's use birth to feel empowered yeah. in ourselves and help empower each other and support Absolutely. each other. That's part of not giving a fuck. You don't get to give a fuck about anybody else's birth. How about that? Mm. I'm going to add that. That's not in the show notes. Oh. Don't give a fuck about how Ooh. anybody else birthed. Okay. Okay. Adding that to the show notes. Great. There. There. Okay. Now it's also. Moving on. Okay. So we want to encourage you to identify what you do give a. Say it, Jen. Say it. Give a care about. <laughs> <laughs> I was hanging on. Okay. I know you were all it's hanging okay. on with me. So identify what you do really care about versus mm. what are like, eh, whatever. Yeah, you so, might even do that through a birth plan, right? Yeah, so a birth plan is a nice way to do that. Um, we sometimes talk with folks who are like, hey, I want to do this, that, or the other thing. And we realize, ooh, the place that you're choosing to have your baby might not be the best place for that intention to happen. So let's say that you are somebody who wants like hardly anybody in the room when you have a baby. Well, then maybe you shouldn't decide to have a baby at a teaching hospital. Oh, right. Because you're going to have a large amount of folks in your room. Um, Let's say that you want an epidural, then you probably should not plan an out-of-hospital birth (laughs) in a birth center or in your home where an epidural is not going to be possible Like a freestanding birth center. I realize that some hospitals refer to their birthing space as a birth center. Yeah. Um, Let's say you hate hospitals. Like it makes you, you've had some negative experiences in a hospital. It makes you feel nervous and anxious to think about going to a hospital. Then maybe you should consider having an out-of-hospital birth Mm. if that's available in your area. So what we're saying is um, kind of identify the place that you've chosen to have your baby. Is it going to be the best place for you because of how you've decided you want a birth. Yep. And if you don't know what your options are, you can get a doula and you can talk to that doula who knows the area hospitals and your different options. Yeah. Because that's why doulas are really great at. Um, you know, I have worked in every hospital in, gosh, I don't even know the mileage radius around here. but Many miles many, of many Seattle. Many, many miles of Seattle, but all the area hospitals. And that's really typical of doulas. So get a doula that knows the area and ask them, yeah. you know, what are your thoughts? What They're not going to tell you where to birth, but they're going to tell you what's typical of each hospital, yeah. Yeah. what their protocols are, um, what you can expect there. Elise, let's talk to the people um, that live in places in the world and the country where um, they have identified on their birth plan, hey, I really want this thing, but that's not typical in um, the place that I'm going to have my baby. Let's say, um, I, they, oh, should we pick something? Should we get really specific? I'm yeah, thinking, I'm like, what? <laughs> well, no, I'm just thinking, um, what do you dig your heels in about? Oh, yeah. So um, maybe you're like, I really want to not have, um, let's say, something like... Like an IV? An IV. Um, meaning an IV drip, like having um, fluid... Just like come the into your regular veins. old lactated ringers. Yes. Fluid, fluid. drip. Nothing, no medication, just good old fluid. 
So maybe you decide that is like a non-negotiable. Like I really don't want fluid inside of my body, but I'm cool with having a port, meaning it's a little rubber tube that kind of sits in your vein. So just in case medication is needed quickly, that they've got a place that they can put that. But there's nothing connected to it. There's no, you know, you're not around. You can move around. Nothing. There's no wires. I mean, not wires, cords. Um, so Tubes. maybe that is something that you decide I'm going to go to bat for, but then you decide, ah, this other thing on my birth plan, that's kind of negotiable for me. And, um, I don't have to push and push and push. So when you look at your birth plan, identify what are the things that you're like, I really, really want that. Mm-hmm. Now we're not talking big line items. Like I definitely, for any reason, do want, do not want a C-section. Right. I I think that most people go into birth thinking, I don't really want a major surgery to get my baby out. Most people don't, right? Right. So most people would say on the birth plan, hey, I don't really want a C-section. But they feel negotiable around that if it looks like there's going to be the safest way for both mom and baby for this person to come into the world, right? So we're talking probably smaller items on the birth plan rather than like... The big stuff. The big outcome, right? Um, So identify what you really do care about and give energy to that and maybe let the other things kind of fall away. Just so, again, going back to that concept of we've got a budget of amount of things that we can hold and care about, right? And identify what is in your budget. Yeah. Great. Okay. So thinking about those people that are hearing about your birth choices, maybe mm. it's your location, the way that you've chosen to birth, the birth class that you took, and maybe there was a methodology um, in that birth class that Ooh, you learned, the specific one, yep. yep, who you're going to have there, yep. oh yeah, that's a big one, all those things. So some people may ask you some questions and you should not feel the need to explain yourself to anyone. You do you. So going back to um, Sarah Knight's book, she talked about this as well, where she actually has, um, I'll tell a quick story. So, you know, you go to work and everybody's like, hey, I'm, um, I'm raising money for this fun run I'm doing for this cause, or I'm raising money for the whales and whatever it might be. So you got all these coworkers who are like, Hey, will you give money for this, that, or the other thing? And she came up with, hey, I just have a principle that um, I don't give money to um, these types of benefits. I forget the word she used. But basically, she just kind of has a one-liner. And ah. she she does it in a really kind way. She's like, I just wouldn't want anybody to feel bad um, if I wasn't able to give to them. And I just know what my budget looks like. And so I just make it a principle not to, you know, um, give to any of these type things. Yeah. Right. Now, the nice thing about this, too, for her, she says, is at any time I can change that. But in general, I don't have to think about it because I've already come up with a one liner. Yep. Right? So you might say something along the lines of, you know, I really just don't ever talk about my birth um, preferences to anyone. Um, we just like to keep it really private to yeah. ourselves. And we'd love to tell you the birth story after the baby is born, though. Wow, Elise. Oh, yeah. I just you just of that. came up on the, with that on mm-hmm. right here in the fly. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Come up with maybe a one-liner around that. We talked about boundaries um, last week. Last week, and um, we encourage you to come up with some one-liners. We're actually sometimes in life, explaining too much can be unbeneficial yeah. to the people in your life. Yep. And so maybe fewer words, although Elise and I aren't very good at fewer <laughs> words. But, but it would be a terrible podcast if we didn't use a lot of words. That's true. Nobody yeah. would listen. <laughs> so, we lose even our three listeners. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, pick your influences carefully. What you what you think in there? Yeah. So, <laughs> so think about who you are going to pay attention to and have in your life. So fear breeds fear, and confidence breeds confidence. And so think about who you are going to surround yourself with. And who's pushing their agenda in your life. So if you've got somebody who has a really strong agenda Mm. about birth or parenting, 
then and they're forcing it on you and you've already made up your mind or you're feeling like yeah. you maybe haven't made up your mind but you've made up your mind about that particular style yep. of parenting or birthing you could take a break it's always okay to take a little break from certain people in your life yeah um thinking about what how many how many fucks you have to give and who you need in your life i'm raising my hand <laughs> because i have a good thought Internal shame resilience takes a lot of energy. And how much energy do you actually have to give? So if you keep hearing this um, predominant message that this is the way you should birth and your internal and own this, you guys, just own it. My internal shame resilience to hearing this message, this predominant message that doesn't go along with my desires is too loud, then I'm going to have to take myself from that, right? So that means if you keep coming across things in books, in social media, in stories of friends, whatever it is, then you've got to somehow eliminate that. Take yourself away. We're not talking about unfriending everybody, but we're talking about eliminating Blocking them. <laughs> no, I mean but, on Facebook. But just like internally, we don't want you to have to practice shame resilience over and over and over again. That is too much energy. Yeah. And so you have to sh- quiet down that message so you're not having to practice the shame resilience. Right? Yes. Oh, so true. sit with that for a second. Yeah, absolutely. This is big stuff, Elise. This is really big stuff. You know, I'm just thinking about when I was having my first and, you know, I I gave birth at home and uh, I, you know, I had gone to midwifery school. not everybody needs to give birth at home, right? No, absolutely not. But I had a lot of people telling me, that that wasn't a good choice and they were really giving me a hard time Mm. about it so it wasn't so much about it being unsafe but about oh you're gonna really regret how much it's gonna hurt you're not gonna Uh. it's gonna be too painful you're not gonna be able to do it and I had gone to midwifery school I knew a lot about birth I knew that it was gonna it was gonna be hard right and I had also been to births where people had transferred right and I was aware that sometimes people needed to transfer for epidurals and I was totally fine with that. Like I don't feel like I went in blindly. Right. Um, and so I was aware that there were lots of variables here. Sure. Um, and at some point I realized, you know, these people just, I need to shut them out. I can't have these messages in my ear anymore. I need to go into this knowing what I know Yep. because I'm going in educated. Yep. And I need to go in with that information and not have these voices in my ear yep. anymore. Yep. And so make your decision about what you want to do for your birth because it's your birth. You get to do it how you want to do it. And then listen to the people that support your choices. So we're talking about some soul work here, aren't we? Big, big stuff. This is This is you figuring out you and Mm -hmm. listening and we keep hounding on this intuition thing let's talk about there might even come a time in pregnancy or labor when things happen that you got to adjust your birth plan oh absolutely so as things go along while you're pregnant or in labor yep things may come up snaps (laughs) and your risk level Changes. Changes. You might um, need an induction. You might have some high blood pressure. Yep. You might go far past your due date. Your amniotic fluid might be lower than would be typical. Or higher. Uh Uh-huh. So many things that we can't list them all. And all of these things are not in your control. Mm. You don't get to be responsible for that these baby things. that is not pointing head down. Oh my gosh, there are lots of things that you can try to do to get your baby right. to point head down, but you can't always control these things. Right. And so there's no blame, no shame around them, but it does require you to choose what you give a fuck about. Right. 
And so this is where you get to do a little soul work and make some adjustments to your birth plan and potentially adjust how you feel about medication and intervention. And I, I think it is doing a bit of muscle work with, Ooh. again, um, some of that shame resilience. Yep. Oh, and yeah. this is all about a preconceived idea of the way you thought things were going to look and then needing to adjust to that. And um, sometimes that means taking a pause and allowing some emotion to happen. Right. Like oh, I, I really wanted this. And now because of this, my desire can't happen. My plan can't be carried out. So pause there. Have some, have some emotion, talk to some people, feel whatever feels you're having, and then we're going to move that into an action, right? I am nodding vigorously, Jen, like my head might fall off of my neck because I feel like whenever we have a client who needs an induction or has a, a, a significant change to their birth plan... Um, and they have some big emotions around it. I feel such a, a feeling of relief to hear that. Yes. Because I think it's a really normal thing. Yeah. I I always feel a little bit concerned when there isn't a big emotion around yeah. it. Like, ooh, when will these feelings bubble up? They're... And our culture is not good at this. No. Elise. It is not. Our culture does not make space for big emotions no. or even even um, emotions. It's like, oh, no, no, no. If, if I feel fear, then somehow it's going to change something right. about my birth. No. What Like, what would that have to do? Allow feeling and then do the soul work, which usually means there's going to be some change. Absolutely. So last night um, <laughs> at like 11 o'clock, my, um, my daughter is taking a class that is requiring a lot of writing. Um, and she is has some learning challenges, um, some dyslexia sort of stuff going on. So getting what's in her brain onto paper is extremely challenging. Mm. She's been working on this paper nonstop for two days, okay? She comes down at 11 o'clock at night, and she is not happy, right? Lots and lots of tears, and for her, she goes a little bit towards anger, right? But lots and lots of tears. Like, totally makes sense to me. Totally, right? This is so frustrating. Feels out of your control. It is lots of yuckiness, right? Mm. And so we sat with that for a while. And then we started to kind of bring in some suggestions. And she kept wanting to go back into the emotion. And we had to say, okay, so remember, we've dealt with emotion. And now it is time for us to switch into solution, so I think there's a subtlety even here where we do give and lean into emotion. And then at some point to help that confidence inside of us boost, we move into solutions and flexibility. So we gave her a couple of ideas. Go and email your professor and ask if you can meet with this person at this time in the morning write a little bit more and then go to sleep, go in tomorrow to the college and ask for some help in this helpful, whatever tutoring place. Like we laid out all these things and we said, and it is time to put emotion to bed. Right. Mm. So I really think all of this applies as well to now a change in your birth plan. Right. Yeah. Uh, dude, feel that stuff. Give room and energy and soul work to the feels. And then we move into more of a solution-based movement, right? Yes, absolutely. Yeah. 100%. So your your birthing inspiration or your birth spiration Oh wait, let's just pause here. Say that one more time. Your birth spiration. Oh, one one more time without the like, you know, radio voice. Wait, you do it. Okay. <laughs> I really wanted to hear you say it. Your birth spiration. Birth spiration? <laughs> it, I, I can't it counts, say it without my radio voice. I know. It kind of sounds like you, you might be sweating. But what we're talking Perspiring? about, your birth inspiration or your birth spiration. So wait, wait, if you if that was a verb, you'd be perspiring? No. 
It cannot be a verb. It is only a noun. No, you could be perspiring. (laughs) But that's a totally different thing because that is actually sweat. Perspiring? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We're talking perspiration where you're inspired. (laughs) If you're still hanging on with us, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) We're doing a little little work and we're teasing it out here. We were trying to be serious. Then we got funny. Now we're going back to serious. So your birth inspiration or perspiration may not come from a birthing source. No. So some of the stuff that I've been talking about here today, of course, that book I keep referencing that I really like, or um, some of this idea of shame resilience, like that's Brene Brown, that like I read that book years and years ago, and then I implemented some of that into my life. I'm also- Elise ta- doesn't read, apparently. No. So she's just making shit up. Yeah, yeah. So- Al- <laughs> I've only got swear words. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> I'm picking my stuff up on the street. <laughs> So what I think we're recommending here is that when you're looking for inspiration or information about your birth or preparing for being a parent, you might look outside of that um, vein of thought. You might look at other resources that have nothing to do with birth because as we kind of build up our personal like growth journey, whatever we want to call that, then um, it influences all parts of our life. Um, It's the same way that we talk about, hey, stop reading so many birth resource books and preparing yourself with birth. Um, Just spend time with your partner. Go out for ice cream. It's time to put the books down and it's time to just be in your body and connecting to the person that's going to co-parent with you, right? Yes. Same, same. this one yeah i like talking about this stuff today this yes. is good it's because you like to say the word fuck so much no because i barely said it i said it once thank you very much oh you were counting well i like to swear a lot so i like it a lot for that so okay listeners think about how many fucks you have to give yeah i just really wanted to say fuck one more time okay <laughs> and um guys consider um telling other people about us um the biggest form of fat flattery is sharing this resource with other people in the form of our podcast. So um, please share us. Please do. And please join the community on Instagram. We would love to see you on Instagram and have you follow us. And on Facebook, you can find us at Pushing It, Pushing it Podcast on Instagram and on Facebook. And um, we would love to have you review us on Apple Podcast and Spotify and all wherever you're listening. Yeah, it's great. So in parting here, um, let's uh, let's put a, a question out to the dear three listeners that we have. Um, can you tell us about something that you gave a care about that you or a fuck about that you do care about and something that you've identified as like here's where I'm going to give my energy to and here's some of the things that I can't and how does that look for you? Yes. Was that specific enough? I think it, it was. was. Yeah. And if I could throw out one more. Yes, please. We'd love to have you on our show. <gasps> oh, yeah. We want to do some interviews. We want to hear some birth stories, some mm-hmm. pregnancy stories, and some postpartum stories. Yeah. So if you want to be our next guest, I'm pushing it at Jen and Elise at pushingitpodcast.com. Bye. Bye. can email us at push trip nope i did that one too you can email us at genitalise at pushing it nope i'm gonna edit that out because i just blurbed it all out oh goodness you can